Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hello, and welcome back to OsteoCast. Your hosts here, Sarah, Amanda, and Colby. Hello. Hello. How's it going, everybody? So today we are bringing to you our discussion on feet, part two. So last time we had a chat about, uh, in general, uh, the feet alignment with the body, structural wear and tear. And today we want to go a little bit deeper into the functional anatomy of the feet. Um, Maybe we'll talk about a clinic case or two for you uh, and just see where our foot discussion goes. So I think it's really interesting to know that there's actually... A quarter of the bones found in the body are found in your feet. So think about that and how important the feet really are to uh, overall stability of the body and, of course, overall balance and functionality of the muscles and the joints uh, from the foot all the way up through the knee into the hip and continuing up that chain. Right on. It's pretty crazy, eh? The quarter of the bones. And I think it's similar with the hands, right? Like the other quarter yeah. or another quarters mm-hmm. in the hands. Just because there's so much fine movement, like to grasp around objects either that we're standing on or walking over or in our hands, the same idea, but grabbing on to, to grip, to move, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we need that fine motor control that we can get from having all those little bones. And therefore, that means between every bone, we have a joint. And then, of course, ligaments protecting those joints. So a lot going on in the uh, peripheral parts of the body. Yeah, I just read that there's um, 33 joints in the foot and 107 ligaments. It's trying to get a number. So that's a lot of motion or stability that has to happen and lots of fine tuning that we can take to balance. And a lot that can go wrong then Pretty too, Pretty crazy, right? eh? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean... Oh, for sure. One well, like... The, uh, the foot, like we've talked about shoes and, and footwear and stuff in the past, but this is just a real brief moment. Like the foot is designed to not be in shoes all the time. And that's why there's so many bones and ligaments and, and, and movement in the foot is so that as you walk on uneven surfaces, the foot can change position and adapt to those different surfaces and keep you moving forward or backward or wherever you're going. So another uh, anatomical point to make with the, the conversation about footwear. Yeah. Which we did uh, talk about last time too, and just the importance of being bare feet when you can and feeling the earth under your feet. Um, And of course, like everything, there are exceptions to that rule. So, you know, if you've been told that you need to wear shoes for, uh, you know, because you have over mobile feet or your ligaments aren't as stable as they can be, maybe you've rolled your ankle one too many times, uh, of course, right? Take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely. So if anyone listening, if you guys aren't driving or if you're sitting down at a desk or a table or you have time, pull up on uh, Google Images and take a look at uh, the anatomy of the foot. You guys were talking about the bones and all of the, the 33 joints in the foot. You, at least you can get an idea and take a look at it. But you'll see that a lot of that's contained in the like the upper part of the foot. So obviously you have your heel and then basically above and just in front of the heel, there's another uh, seven bones that allow movement. And then you have the components that make up your, your toes, right? The, the metatarsals and tarsals. So when it comes to clinical cases and treatment, something to talk about in the ankle is 
as we talked about last time as a continuation, obviously everything above the ankle and foot affects the foot and ankle. Um, but something to, to look at here that I find anyways commonly is looking at the joint between the talus uh, and the tibia and the fibula. Is that something you guys yes, see commonly as well? Totally. Very commonly. And that would be itself the ankle joint. Yeah. The ankle joint, the talocrural joint, whatever yeah. we want to call it yeah. these days. So that one there, obviously everyone's heard of different kinds of sprains where your foot rolls in or out and you get sprains. Generally speaking, that sprain is across that joint and or uh, including the navicular bone sometimes uh, and the calcaneus. But oftentimes for me anyways, I find the talus that should kind of sit right between a sandwiching of the, the fibula and the tibia, which are those two malleoli or the two bumps on the side of your ankle. Oftentimes I find that talus either shifted forward or backward a little bit. And sometimes it's tipped side to side, uh, meaning as if you were to put a rod straight through it from the front, it would rotate side to side and tip uh, a little bit into that joint as well, which can jam it up. Um, in terms of the treatment process, that has to do with the loading patterns we've talked about before and creating space so it can move appropriately. But that's probably the most common ankle or foot uh, thing that I see just between the injury uh, component of it as well as the loading capacity. It's the first first piece of the foot. Yeah, I definitely see a lot, a lot of injury in that area or a lot of mechanical loading issues there. And that just really sets up the foot for the other things that um, you're going to find later on. We talked about it being like a little bit of a block of the foot because it's going to, especially if you're talking about that talus being shifted forward or back, it's going to change the whole force coming down into the arches of the foot um, and how it's transferred across the foot. So you're going to notice that all those um, joints then have to compensate for those small motions or those small changes in force. Um, and that's, you know, taking care of that joint first or making sure that it's free and mobile is so important to being able to correct any other malpositions or, or loading issues in the foot. Totally. And that leads to like, I mean, the main foot stuff everyone talks about, you see your dropped arches, everyone's worried about how high or how low their arches are. And if that talus has a, an anteriorization and a rotation to one side, then the other bones of the foot have to make up the space that's the talus is no longer in, right? Or get out of the way of the talus where the talus has gone to, which can lead to things like dropped arch or a higher arch, or, you know, some people have bigger bumps on the top of their feet, like that stick up a little bit. Sometimes that's because those, those bones have shifted up or forward or back. So the, the functional anatomy of it is that it's a bunch of bones all jammed together. And if any one of them move the space that they're no longer occupying or the new space that they're occupying, um, something else has to move out of the way or something has to fill that space that's present because it's all connected ligamentously and loaded. So you'll often see shifting through that whole. Well, and that's the just the bony structure side of it, but then you layer on the amount of tendons that cross around those malleoli and, and around the bottom of the foot and any sort of change in the structure on top or above it will, will completely change the ligamentous tension, but also the tendon, the tension in the tendons of the muscles that, you know, are crossing there. Yeah. 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 The, we have the leverage, right? Like the, the angle of force and the, the lines of force coming from those tendons. And another thing to mention talking about the tendons and the muscular tissue is that for the most part, the, the main movers of the foot, uh, those muscular tissues are coming from above, whether it's the leg, some even up to the femur, um, but they're not all intrinsic to the foot. There are some small intrinsic ones that help control like the, the splay of the toes and things like that. But a lot of those muscular tissues come from above, which again, ties in the fact that the ankle and the foot is never just an ankle and a foot. You have to look 
at the muscular component and the loading pattern above. That's such a good point. I don't think that's considered right, that those tendons you guys are talking about and everyone's asking, how are the tendons of my foot? Well, they're actually the the end part of the muscle coming, just like Colby said, from the leg. So yeah, we can check the tension in the tendon of the foot, how the mobility in the foot, but we also need to work back up that chain and check the joint above um, at the knee joint, checking where the attachment point of these muscles are and following them down to their tendon insertion to really get a full picture of what's happening with that foot and the mobility kind of from that knee joint, from that hip joint, all the way back down the chain into that ankle joint. And I find as well with, uh, especially with ankle, um, I guess, disability, or if you've sprained your ankle, there's often a shifted fibular joint. So the fibula is on the outside part of your uh, of your lower leg. And that joint um, or that bone part of me often will be shifted forwards or backwards when you have a type of ankle sprain or a twist in the ankle. And you're going to find that it's going to be quite painful as well for the patient or for yourself if you kind of run your hand right on the outside part of that calf and follow that bone all the way down to the ankle. It's going to be irritated through the tendons. There's going to be tension, a little bit of pain with pressure. Um, So it's very cool too to kind of have these little uh, tools we use for a diagnosis to see really how mobility is through that lower leg and what we can do to help it and improve it. And I find that one's just kind of an easy one to look at uh, right away. And, you know, then we have the follow-up questions of, did you hurt your ankle recently? Or, you know, when was your last ankle sprain? And oftentimes they will, you know, people will be surprised by, oh, I didn't think it would matter. You know, it was four months ago, but I was fine. I just walked it off and kept moving with life. Yeah. Well, and you just brought up a point that I want to, I want to ask a question on uh, in regards to assessment and we're going to not be great osteos right now. And I'm going to ask you guys to completely disregard all of the rest of the body in terms of going through the assessment, because we know you're going to have to assess the loading pattern and everything else. But when you're assessing a foot itself, when you think there's a problem that's situated in the foot, what does your assessment process look like? Like, what are you looking at for movement? Like, where's your hand positioning? Like, how do you go about actually assessing that foot? I would say initially I'm testing all the planes of motion relative to where those joint structures are. So generally I have a hand on the calcaneus and one hand on top of the dorsal or the, sorry, the, um, on top of the foot. And then checking for flexion extension and then internal and external um, rotation, inversion, eversion, and generally how all those small structures move um, within the joint. So, you know, are we able to get movement between um, each of the metatarsal um, bones or does it feel more like a, a solid rock? Can we get each toe to move or does it feel like it's been jammed? Um, sometimes people come in and they have socks on. So you're looking to try and see, um, if their foot lines up, sorry, if their toe lines up with their tarsals, uh, sorry, repeat that. We're looking to see if their, um, their toes line up with their, um, metatarsal joints and is there a straight line or is there some kind of a, um, internal or external change in how the toe is, is set. Um, then also looking, there's two sesamoid bones that are underneath, um, the bottom of the big toe. And so looking to see um, if there's movement there or if there's shifting happening at that point. Um, So I'd say I'm just checking, trying to check all the motions um, relative to the joint structures that are there. Yeah, 
for sure. Yeah, I would completely Sarah, agree with what Amanda said. Just um, usually having a hand placement, one under the calcaneus under the heel and the one at the uh, on the top of the foot on the dorsal side, right at kind of that ankle joint and just to really check through motion, kind of how like Colby talked about before, that talus can be stuck in so many different ways. So just kind of gently almost rocking that joint to see which way it will go, which way it won't go, and then working down the foot in that same manner um, just to see that we have mobility through the joints. Is there a joint stuck? You know, why is it stuck? And uh, often you can visually see, you know, for example, a bunion or as Colby mentioned, you know, a raised cuneiform or a raised bone kind of in the middle of the foot there. So that really helps give you an idea as to what's happening without even motion testing. Um, but of course, right, it's always important to motion test. We don't go off just visual cues alone, but they kind of help start to form that puzzle or that case you're building in your mind's eye to figure out, you know, what's happening and how can we get this to move better or where's the problem stemming from. Um, I want to jump back. Amanda mentioned the cuna, pardon me, the sesamoid bones. What, like in your, and for you guys, what do those bones, um, what do they provide for the individual? Like, do they provide stability or um, first metatarsal alignment? The uh, from what I know, and for anyways, the the reading that I've done, they provide uh, leverage, right? So similar to if you're trying to move uh, something that's heavy, you may use a longer a longer lever, so a longer stick, and put a rock in the middle and try and tip it over. So I think they provide a, a similar component for the tendon coming underneath the foot. So part of it's protection. And then for me, the other part is the leverage so that the big toe has a little bit more force based on the um, angle of force coming through the. Yeah, for sure. Tissue. It kind of mirrors the patella in the knee, right? It's the fact that there's a bone in the middle of that kind of the structure is the same. Yeah. The only interesting part is with the knee, it's on the, the part that flexes and gets the most tension because like your knee doesn't go backwards. But on the foot, but on the toe, it's on the bottom of the big toe, so it's actually in the flexed position, right? So it does have some some protection component there, but it's it's kind of the opposite side of the the joint, which is interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Very cool. Just a cool little fun fact. And the sesamoid bones, um, if you don't have a chance to look at the anatomy, they're just these two little circles that you find um, on the bottom of your at the base of your big toe. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of want to jump in and, and talk yeah. about my assessment process as well. Um, I like the fact that you guys are both going through the whole foot, of course. For me, I, I like to segment it into kind of three different regions, one being the ankle itself, and then one being the uh, navicular cuboid, navicular cuneiform junction, and then again at the, the metatarsal junction. And I will go through three different things. So for the ankle, I'll use the over-under hold you guys were talking about to assess the ankle in, in its position. Then I often go... Um, to a hand position where I hold, I hold the foot. One set of my fingers goes on the top side of the, like the where the navicular is, and the other side goes over the metatarsals and the cuneiform. And I can check for rotation and flexion extension across that position in the arch of the foot. Um, and then oftentimes when I check the lower part of the foot, if you need to get down into the segments, is um, the foot's facing straight at me, and I take my two hands and basically I grab each side of the foot between my thenar eminence and my finger uh, pads or the palm of my hand. And that way I can check again, 
the rotation, the side bending, the flexion extension through that area. And that, that way it gives me those quick three little assessments. And if there's somewhere that's restricted or having trouble, then you can, of course, dive into further assessment in that region, whether it's to a specific toe, a specific metatarsal, a specific cuneiform or whatever that may be. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So you've kind of sectioned it off. So you're not wasting time right. on every single joint if there's nothing going on down there. Yeah. Yeah, so in like four or five seconds, you can have an idea of where you have to focalize into and, and spend some more time. And to to reiterate again, guys, anyone listening, we would absolutely, this would be if there was a specific problem in the foot that needs to be taken care of, the rest of the body is obviously going to have an effect. And osteopathically looking at the body as a whole and how the body functions as a whole, it's going to be much greater importance opposed to specific segmental work in the foot. Yeah. That's super important to remember as we go down a rabbit hole. Um, so you can't just take these these little assessments that we're talking about and just only apply them to the foot and not think about any other piece. And as Colby mentioned, this is like in the actual treatment process, this is no more than a minute of your time, right? So we're we're really talking a very specific kind of fine minute here, maybe a couple more if you're going to go a little bit deeper and look at every individual joint, but... Yeah, this definitely isn't like a full, you're not going to spend 25, 30 minutes on the foot alone. Could you imagine? <laughs> It'd feel great though. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's a time and place where it's necessary when you have like a super acute foot only injury where everything else in the, of the body is perfectly fine, where it needs that level of detailed assessment because you drop the, I don't know, a brick on your foot and that's the only possible thing that's wrong with the body. But otherwise, like it's going to be a quick generalized assessment and it's only specific when it needs to be. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, even in that case, you've been walking on that foot that's not moving. So guaranteed you're going to have uh, some form of lesioning pattern building above that joint up, up oh, the yeah. body. Yeah, absolutely. So do we want to touch on, we kind of already touched on it regarding the sesamoid bones, but do you guys have anything else to add regarding the importance of the big toe? Um, and with kind of, I guess, balance control and um, even the gait function? Well, all of your toes are important in balance and control and gait function. Like there's a ton of proprioceptive control and, and sensory feedback that comes from the foot to show where your balance is. Um, the big toe obviously being the biggest of them. Um, but there's not a whole lot of specificities that I wanted to get into that today anyways. Yeah. I think the key piece, which I think we, we did mention this in the last one is just the fact that, you know, your toes are supposed to move. You are supposed to be able to splay your toes, bring them together, um, to help with that control. And when you transfer force, it should be from your heel. And then uh, like, you're almost like rolling over your foot evenly between your big toe and your pinky or your, as you as you walk forward, for example. So we shouldn't be seeing you um, when you walk in with more of your force on the outside or the inside, which again comes back to the higher dropped arches. Um, but we wanna see kind of that even even loading across the foot. Um, otherwise there, there likely is something going on there or up or down the chain that uh, needs to be taken care of. Agreed completely. Awesome. Well, it sounds like we're ready to wrap this up. Um, if you have any questions um, or concerns or you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook at Osteocast or on Instagram at Osteocast underscore. Um, and we can answer your questions there or on another podcast. 
Cool. Thank you guys for listening today. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you.